This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. We thank you so much for joining us for our latest podcast. And I think all of us, especially as the pandemic continues, we're looking for inspiration. And I think it's very easy to find when you hear the story of one David Hess and what he's gone through in the past several months and and, uh, his fight against cancer and now being on the other side of it. David joins us for this special podcast. We certainly appreciate a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Excited to be on here with you. And uh, just, you know, kind of share a little bit about what everything's looked like. Can you start with where we are now and put it in perspective as to what it all means to you to be in this position where you're working out again and you're, what, cancer free in your mind? Yeah, um, I mean, that's kind of the mindset that I do have. I know there's still uh, just a little bit, you know, kind of to check off and, and be able to say that it's 100% uh, gone, but it sounds like everything is really good with that, um, making, you know, strides in the right direction. And uh, more than anything, it's just, you know, an incredible relief. Uh, I think through, uh, you know, these big things in life that kind of happen, there's a lot of perspective shift that happens. Uh, and there's, this is no different. Um, and so I'm really excited to kind of see uh, how that plays out in a baseball sense, just because uh, you know, when you, when you deal with things in life, you realize that, uh, at the end of the day, we get to do a really awesome thing and play a, a game that I've played since I was a kid. And sometimes I think we put a little too much pressure on that. And so just to be able to kind of take a step back and just be able to enjoy what it is, I think will be uh, really good. But uh, right now, you know, I've been cleared for all activity and uh, I've started up uh, with the PT as well to kind of get my shoulder strengthened up and ready to go. Um, so if all goes well, I actually just had a conversation with, uh, Snyder about kind of what we're looking at going forward in terms of, uh, throwing program and everything. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in a good place right now and, you know, that it continues and and we're able to, uh, continue making strides the way that, you know, the last couple of weeks have been. Can you walk us back to when this all started now and, what your what was going through your mind when you got the diagnosis? Yeah, so um, when when I got home in the off season uh, is when everything really started to kind of uh, I guess come together. Um, but I had been and you know looking back in hindsight, feeling the effects of this probably for a couple years, um, if not maybe even longer than that. But especially since the All Star break of last year. And I just kind of chalked it up to, you know, maybe at some point I had been, you know, asymptomatic with COVID or something was going on because I had a, a, you know, I was having a lot of uh, chest tightness, you know, hard time breathing, but just not really thinking anything of it. And my, my wife, of course, she, you know, wives always know best and we should listen to them all the time. But uh, when, 
we got back. It was about a week after the all-star break. She was like, something's wrong with you. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I'm, I'm fine. I'm, she was like, you, you just don't look like yourself, especially when I'm on the mound or when you're on the mound. And she was like, and you're also losing weight. Like something is not right. And so I just being, you know, the, you know, dumb, dumb that we can all be sometimes I just kind of moved past it. And, uh, she likes to remind me that she told me about that a while ago, but uh, so, yeah, so the second half of the season, you know, I just kind of grind through it. I was just thinking I can get to the off season then, you know, I'll be able to rest a little bit and I'll bounce back and I'll be good to go. Um, but progressively, I just had some, some, you know, weirder things happening. I started having issues with my ribs and my chest felt like it always, you know, my sternum felt like it had to pop and there was just pressure there. And, uh, and then at the end of the season, I had something, I, I don't remember exactly what the name of it was, but essentially the muscle in my ribs started to kind of pull off the, uh, the bone because, you know, there's so much pressure there. And so, again, looking back now, it all makes sense. Um, but I get, you know, home for the off season, I take a few days to rest and I just start getting kind of restless, wanting to move around. And uh, the, the third day of the off season, I went for a little run. Uh, I was just going to, you know, kind of do something. And I, I, I ran for two minutes and I mean, it felt like I just could not catch a breath. I could not breathe. And so at that point I was like, something's really wrong here. And I'm just, you know, going to see where, you know, see where it's at, take, you know, some medicine maybe. And, um, and then that next morning, uh, I ended up going to the emergency room because I coughed up some blood uh, in the shower that morning. So that was very, very scary uh, just to see. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody knows that's not a good sign. And so I told my wife, I go to the hospital and, uh, you know, they start to, you know, kind of do the tests, check on everything. Kind of, I think initially, I'm sure they see a lot of stuff coming in there. And so it was kind of downplayed at first until we got the x-ray because they just wanted to see what was going on in my lungs, making sure it wasn't pneumonia or something like that. And the, the mood just shifted at that point. You could just sense that everybody was like, okay, we're, this is not good. We need to get some more tests. We need to get some more scans. And so I was in there from probably, I probably went in there at nine that morning and I was there until about eight, eight o'clock that night. And so, um, they came in and they started kind of, you know, you doing the doctor language kind of loose. And so, um, it wasn't really until, or I didn't understand how severe it was until, uh, I had to get transferred to, uh, Greenville Memorial, which is the, the main local hospital. Um, and when it really, really hit was, they called in an EMT crew to, you know, take an ambulance over there. And they, they told that crew that they had, they couldn't take me because they didn't have certain requirements for somebody, you know, that was dealing with what I was dealing with. And so that night I ended up getting over there and that was probably one of the scariest things because I found out later that, um, that run that I went on and kind of that, you know, 24, 48 hour window, they said that I, I should have had a heart attack and it probably would have killed me because of how little blood flow was actually getting to my heart. And so I got to the hospital and uh, they tell me, you know, all the stuff that's going on, you have a giant tumor in your chest and you have blood clots and you have 
you know, your, your throat is closed up and, and only 10% of airflow can get through there. And then also my heart, instead of being in my chest, was actually from the tumor pushed down pretty much between my sternum and my belly button, which it's not supposed to be there. <laughs> um, so, and then on top of that, it was pressing on my lungs and just, you know, making breathing even difficult. And so once we kind of started to get that information and understand the severity of it, it, it was very very, I mean, earth shaking in a lot of ways, like it was a lot of processing and a lot of, you know, just wrapping our, our head around what was actually going on. So that's kind of the oblique moment that you're dealing with. How did you get Mm -hmm. over that? Because I mean, here we are, what, less than six months later and you're nearly cancer free. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I I've always kind of, prided myself, I guess, and being optimistic, no matter what situation is going on. And it's kind of a joke now with uh, my family, because we watch Ted Lasso, and they actually will call me David Lasso because of how, you know, how optimistic he is in the show and and how like lighthearted and and just, you know, making the best of whatever situation. Um, And so I think that really came out in that scenario. And, and, And that's not to say that there was not a lot of wrestling with what was really going on because when they came in and, and told me what was going on and I had to stay for a couple of days in the hospital, it was pretty horrifying because I mean, you're not just thinking about like life in a small scale anymore. You're thinking about like, if, if, if I die today, if, if this is it, you know, I, I got to make sure that my family's taking care of my wife. You, you start thinking about a lot of big picture things. And so in a sense, that was actually something that helped me because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open about this with anybody that knows me. Like my, my faith is a big driving force for me. It's something that's really important to me. And so, you know, I took a lot of time and just kind of tried to wrestle around with, you know, truly believing that in, in the midst of such a difficult situation that God can use it for something that's going to, uh, you know, be good in some, some way. And so, uh, the hospital, those couple of days were rough because I was wrestling around and, 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 you know, having, I couldn't hardly even see my wife and my family because of, you know, COVID rules in the hospital. And so that was, I had a lot of alone time, um, to kind of deal with that. And once I got out of, you know, when I got the news of what we were looking at and kind of essentially that like, this is in a sense, a treatable thing and it's going to be a long road, but like you can do this. That really helped me a lot because it it just helped me to see, you know, it it may be hard, but if you just persevere and get through it, then, you know, you're everything's going to be all right. And so fortunately this was a case of that where chemo could be effective. And, you know, it was a pretty favorable thing, I guess, if you're going to, uh, if, if you're going to have some type of cancer, this is, I guess, in some sense, what you want. And, uh, I, I, I don't recommend it to anybody. I definitely don't, you know, recommend having a cantaloupe in your chest. It's pretty uncomfortable. I can tell you that much, but just being able to kind of see, you know, the bigger picture and have an optimistic outlook and just know that one way or another, somehow, like, I'm going to get through this and and it's going to be something that's going to be used for, you know, hopefully something that inspires people to, you know, keep going through difficult times. 
And I want to get to that inspiration too, but you know, to, to quote Ted Lasso, you actually probably had to be a goldfish through much of this. What was your wife Absolutely. like? And and how did Devin help you through this? In what ways was she kind of your your obviously most important rock in this? Absolutely. She, I mean, to say that she was incredible through it is an understatement because um, I mean, she she had to deal with, she didn't tell me this until later, but when I left in the ambulance, we really didn't even get to say bye to each other. It was just kind of like, all right, we got to go right now. Okay. Love you. Bye. Like hope everything's okay. But they actually gave her um, like funeral paperwork for when I left. And so I knowing that later and how, how panicked she must've been and how, you know, she handled everything was just incredible. I mean, I, every step of the way she was, you know, looking stuff up. What's the best way to handle this? What's the best way to do that? And she really kept me in line with a lot of stuff just to make sure that even through treatment, we were doing the right things that, you know, we, we weren't really exposing ourselves uh, to, you know, harmful things because I mean, at one point my immune system, my white blood cell count was as close to zero as it could be without being zero. So if I would have gotten a cold, then even just, you know, a little bug, which in the fall and winter is very common, you know, it could have killed me. And that's not an, it genuinely could have killed me. And so she did such an amazing job of understanding that was at stake and making sure that, you know, she was there for support. She was incredibly encouraging through it all. Um, and again, not to say that we didn't have our moments where we had to wrestle through stuff and, and kind of deal with, you know, the negative elements, but she just was as good as somebody possibly could have been through it all because she knew, you know, each day that she, we, we were going to find a way to, to make this go away. And she made that very clear that, you know, we're going to come out on the end of this and it's, it's going to be better for us than it was before. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how did you get through chemo and what was that like? Because you mentioned you're, you're being careful, but there's only people who have been through that can, can explain what that is like. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, I'm probably sometimes blindly optimistic. I went in thinking like, yeah, chemo, I'm going to handle this. No big deal. Um, It's never that smooth. Um, And so the particular form of treatment that I did at B and uh, we got told before I started a day or two before, you know, when we met with the oncologist and he kind of broke it down, he was like, I'm just going to warn you, like, this is going to hit you hard. It's going to really like, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to just get through it. He said, I know you're young, like this is an aggressive treatment. And there's going to be times where you probably don't feel great and we're just going to have to push through it. And so that's what we did. Um, there was, I mean, pretty much I, it was almost on cue because the way, um, the way the treatment cycle was, it was three 
three week cycles. Um, week one, I would go in five days a week and all together, I would be in there for about six hours. And then week two and three, I would only go in on Mondays and I would get, I'd be in there for about an hour and a half or two hours for treatment. Um, he told me going in that there was going to be kind of an ebb and flow just as the chemo hits you harder, your body's response and all this. Um, and there, there were, like I said, pretty much on cue, you know, there were weeks where my immune system was so low and they, a couple times, you know, I, I met with a nurse practitioner and they wanted to stop treatment because they were afraid that it was, you know, going to be harmful and we'll, we'll just give you fluids and help you get through this week. And, you know, my, my doctor was steady and, and saw the end goal the whole time. And he was like, Nope, we're going. Um, but it was, it was challenging in a lot of ways because I think, uh, whenever you, you know, you look in a mirror and you, you see something completely different than what you're expecting. Um, and you also feel pretty lousy on a, on a regular basis. Um, and everything just seems like it's taking more energy out of you. I remember, you know, early on, I, the one thing they said was try and get out and walk as much as you can, just try to stay active. And, you know, the first couple of weeks wasn't a big deal. And then I got to, you know, that third week and it started to kind of set in and uh, the last six weeks, I, I just remember thinking like, I don't even want to get off the couch right now to go just take a 20 minute walk, you know, around the neighborhood just to get some sunshine and move around. And um, so you really have to find ways, I think, more than anything to continually motivate yourself and remind yourself of what you're trying to get to. Um, and, and it's easy to do that and difficult to do that at the same time when you're in the room with everybody getting treatment, because you, you look around and you see some of the people in there that are fighting through things that are, you know, way worse than what I was dealing with. There were some people that, I mean, they were legitimately fighting for their life and to see how, how they just were able to keep going through it and, and to know that, you know, I, I just got to keep fighting and find a way to, to beat this thing. It just, it was incredible, honestly, to see the group of people in there and get to know some of them and kind of hear their stories because um, everybody comes from different backgrounds and different places. And I think when, you know, I think they're a little thrown off when they saw me in there because I was not the typical person in there that most of the people were a little bit older, and, um, you know, a little bit more worn down because they'd been going through their treatment. And so um, it was really helpful for me to see and have that perspective, you know, on how uh, even, even in a difficult spot, things could be worse and just to be grateful for whatever, you know, little thing that I could be for that day. And, and some days were better than others. There's times where everything seems like it's going to be fine. And other times where it feels like, you know, I, I just, I just can't, I can't deal with this anymore. So how much um, beyond your wife, who inspired you and how much of being a pro athlete do you think helped you through all this? Yeah. Um, I think, I think that, being an athlete was incredibly helpful in the sense of, you know, how to push through things. And when, you know, when you kind of feel worn down and tired, how to kind of keep going. Um, but, but I also joke around and said that that's also one of the worst things for me in that time, because 
you know, some, sometimes the best thing to do is rest. Like it truly is just to let your body rest and recover. And I had to learn how to slow myself down and to accept that that was okay. Sometimes the work that needed to be done was actually to sit in a chair and watch TV and just kind of rest and sleep and let my body take care of what it needed to take care of. And so um, I had to kind of learn how to do that because it's not really, you know, it's not really in my, my genes, I guess, as much, but I uh, definitely, you know, grew in that aspect a lot. And um, in terms of who was, who was, you know, kind of a motivating factor, kind of somebody I looked to um, was in a, like one of my old teammates with the Orioles to uh, be able to pick his brain and kind of see what he had to say. And then there was also um, another friend that I had in college uh, who the year before uh, also got cancer. And so he reached out immediately uh, after, you know, he found out and, had been incredible walking me through the process um, just about, you know, kind of what to expect. And then even after chemo to, you know, don't push yourself too much. This is, you know, exercising properly. This is what it can look like now. Um, and so those two guys, I mean, among so many other people were some people that I really leaned on through the process. And um, we had such a, a great, support system not just with our family but with you know former teammates and coaches and and extended family and friends that we've made you know just through life that reached out to us and it was just so clear the entire way about how um you know how many people were were there just kind of holding us up through it and that in itself i think was motivating because you know when so many people are, are behind you, the last thing you want to do is come back with, you know, bad news or, 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 you know, say that something negative was going on. And so it kind of kept me going in a way, uh, like I said, on those difficult days of just knowing that these, these people are there. I can, I can lean on them. I can, you know, just get my mind off of this whole thing if I need to, because I mean, it was so clear that, you know, people were behind us for whatever we needed, not just, you know, in one aspect of life. And so it was, uh, it was, it was really helpful through everything. I know not just for me, but I know, especially for my wife to be able to, you know, have, have friends and family and loved ones just kind of around us like that. So while all this is going on, your future is up in the air. The Rays also re-signed you. What did that mean to you? How did it help you through all this? Yeah, they were, I mean, amazing uh through it all and so i i know with the lockout and everything right now it can be a little it, it it honestly was confusing about what we could do what we couldn't do who we could talk to and who we can't um but they pretty much pretty much right when i got my diagnosis that was kind of around the time when you know the season had kind of ended and uh i i my agent got in touch with them and, and pretty much right away, they're like, look, we want David back. We, we don't want him going anywhere else. We don't want him having to worry about, you know, a job. We want him to have the insurance that he needs. We want him to have, you know, the peace of mind that, you know, can help him right now. And they gave me, you know, a great offer and something that, you know, was a no brainer on so many fronts because I loved my time and, and, Durham last year, the little bit of time I had in Tampa, 
um, just getting to know the the culture that's here, the players, the coaches, the staff. It's, I mean, as good of a system as you could possibly ask for. And so that just, you know, it showed up in the same way with all of this because um, they made it very clear that baseball was secondary to them. They obviously said, you know, we want you back. We're going to resign you, but we want you to have, you know, everything you need for uh, a full recovery as a person and to be healthy more than anything and to knock this out. And so it was an incredible peace of mind to know that when this was handled and done and to the point where we're at right now that, you know, there's a job waiting um, and and an incredible group that's going to help me get back to where, you know, not just where I was before, but hopefully even better, um, you know, back on the mound and, and doing what I love. I think the hope would be that all 30 teams would do the same thing, but, you know, we can't say that. I, I, right. I'm guessing you put what the way the Rays handled this at a different plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like you said, I, I I think everybody probably would handle it very well. But, you know, speaking just from experience, Tampa was I mean, they were incredible. So during this journey, while you're you know, you've got obviously a job taken care of for next year, you kind of documented your journey on social media. Why do you why did you do that? And how do you think maybe it's helped you along with other people? Yeah, I think um, one big reason that we wanted to do it is because we, you know, we have a pretty wide range of people in different places that we've met over the years. And so I thought it was really, well, not just I, me, me and my wife both thought it was really important and helpful to keep everybody in the loop of what was going on. Because, you know, I, I think a lot of times, and there's nothing wrong with people who decide in these scenarios to keep it privatized I think that is completely acceptable I think it's a personal preference at that point point. and so I think it one was a little bit easier because the prognosis uh, we got was very good early on and so it was you know it, it was a difficult thing to get through but we felt really good about you know what the outcome would be um, and so we wanted to keep everybody in the loop uh, just in a way to, to update, you know, the masses, I guess, a little bit better um, than we could just personally through texting and phone calls and all that. And I think the biggest driving force is through it all, I, I really wanted to show people that even walking through difficult things that are really challenging you and really stretch you. And honestly, I mean, if, if we're being honest, like sometimes just suck to have to go through um, that something good can come out of that. And I just, the whole time, I just wanted to do everything I could to use this situation, this scenario that's been, you know, put in front of me to just inspire and motivate people, um, that are going through difficult times to just keep going. Um, and that, you know, it may not happen overnight. It may take a long time, but, at the end of the day, like there's, there's better things on the horizon that are coming. And uh, maybe, maybe that's a, you know, too much of a Ted last way to look at it, but that's just the way my brain works. I, I truly want people to know and, and, and believe that at the end of the day, everything's going to come together and, and find a way to work together for their benefit. Is there a particular message from anyone that maybe you've inspired 
that has touched you after, you know, having shared your journey to this point? Yeah, I, I can't really narrow it down to just one, um, but it has been something that's really been meaningful to me. Just people that, you know, I, I have never met, you know, but I'll get messages on, on social media about just how a family member that they're going through or has gone through the same thing, or, or they have a friend that's gone through the same thing. And so it works both ways because sometimes it's me being the inspiration to them. And sometimes it's them being the inspiration to me because getting messages and hearing stories that other people, um, that they have and, and what it's looked like for them, it, it it's helpful to me. And I just want to be able to, you know, reflect that and put that right back uh, out there as much as I can. I'm sure it's important to you to get your health first and foremost, but at what level in this whole journey is it important to A, pitch in a game again and B, pitch in a game at the big league level again? Yeah, that's that's been something that's so important to me um, because I've, I've been – playing baseball you know for so long and I, I've had big goals and big aspirations and big dreams and so far I've been very fortunate to accomplish a lot of those things and to look at this and to see what happened I, I don't think it's any different than that it's it's something that I have worked really hard for and had to work maybe a little bit harder through all this to get back to where I was before um, but it, it's it's just a, I mean, it would be an amazing thing to get back to the big leagues and be able to um, hopefully, you know, perform at a high level and, and help the team uh, win. But I mean, more than anything, I, I just want to be back out there. You know, I think that through this and hearing stories about, you know, how people have responded or not responded, um, it's a very, you know, very up in the air thing, but I, so far, it's been amazing just to see kind of how uh, I bounce back uh, physically and <clears throat> I think quicker than I expected to. And um, I'm very thankful for that. And so I think the next step is to, to get a ball in hand and kind of see how everything looks. Because, I mean, in the time that I was waiting for the uh, really, I guess, for the scan the, and then the results of the scan, it was pretty stressful because you don't know, one, you don't know what you're going to get in results of the scan, if you're going to be looking at more treatment or if you're okay. And two, you just, you really just never know how this is going to pan out. I, I know, you know, another story that I heard of somebody that dealt with something similar to this and they just, their, their body physically couldn't bounce back. And so they weren't able to play anymore. And, you know, no matter what that looks like, I know there's bigger things and, and, you know, that's, that is what it is, but, I also would absolutely love to get back and perform at the same level. And again, hopefully a, a higher level than I was before. Well, I think everybody with the Rays, I would hope everyone across Major League Baseball, <laughs> rooting for that story to, to reach completion. We're happy that you've shared and I think inspired so many people who, who are listening to this podcast now. And obviously we're going to be following the journey and hope every step goes real smoothly here on out. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope so, too. That's David Hess, and again, we appreciate him for joining us on our podcast. We certainly appreciate you for being with us, and we'll chat with you soon.